Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. This is my dad, Ted. Welcome to the Smart Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Ted Knightsky. A few weeks ago, I was sparked when I was sent an email asking if I could recall some information about a meeting I had attended. Like most of us, I remember the meeting, but I couldn't remember when it was. I had a general idea of the time frame, but couldn't remember it perfectly or well enough to recall even the month. Now, my organizational style is equally suited for me and me only. I name things in weird ways so I can remember them. But if I needed to find something, well, I can't always find it. Sometimes oh, I name things in my calendar, well, with a little humor, just to make myself laugh later on when it comes up. So when I have to search for something, I can't always find it. For instance, I get to have a colostomy in a few weeks because I've hit that marker in my life and my calendar says colon tune-up. Anyway, what sparked for me when I was asked to review my calendar was very simply that I had never done a 10-month look back within my own calendar. And when I did, I experienced a very powerful and reflective moment. Before we get completely into this process, let's review for a moment why we are smart thinkers. First, we all agree that we are leaders, and a leader is anyone who has influence over another person, which means that every moment of each day, we are leading. Positively or negatively, we are always leading in the presence of others. Second is the two driving behaviors of leaders, the first being empathy, the ability to seek to understand the people or person we serve, and recently, When I was coaching a group of people, I told them to simply ask themselves if they feel themselves going into judgment mode, just simply say to yourself, what would it be like to be this person? When you're frustrated with someone who might not be kind or is cruel, what would it be like to be so angry that you would send me notes, tweets, or texts? What is it like to be the type of person to drop everything and be there for another person when you experience someone who's selfless? That's how you find empathy. Now, the second driving behavior is to be reflective, and that is what this episode is about. Being reflective. Asking yourself questions like, what did I do well for others today? What did I get to do? And what do I get to do tomorrow? How was I helpful today? How will I be helpful tomorrow? What can I do different for others as I move forward? What did I learn? What are the ways in which others will need me in the upcoming days? Reflection is something that you do not necessarily need to make time for. Instead, reflection is something you need to make a habit. Great leaders are constantly pursuing wisdom by looking at the world around them and finding ways to grow from the wonderful weirdness that's presented all day long. Now, last week, when I did a look back at my calendar, I realized I had a new opportunity in front of me all the time, all the time that I could look back upon to support my own leadership and your own. The ability to do a look back and review is what I had to do. It's what I've done. And it was powerful. I need to tell a quick story here that popped into my head when I was looking through my calendar. Now, my favorite season is fall. I love the cool, crisp weather of Wisconsin, the changing leaves, the way that trails are. And of course, because I love being outdoors, it's perfect for hiking. Now, a quick sidebar. People will often say to me, Ted, it seems like an optimistic person like you would love spring the most, all the newness, etc. Well, I do enjoy spring. However, I never really look forward to it, and it's because I have allergies. 
and I'm allergic to just about every type of pollen. So spring always represents the opportunity for me to rub my eyes, sneeze, have sleepless nights, a runny nose, and runny eyeballs. Well, it's not my favorite time of year, but it is beautiful from the inside of my bubble when I'm looking outside during pollen season. Anyway, back to fall. Hikers know this. There are two types of trails that you can hike on, loops and in and outs. A looping trail is a set amount of miles or kilometers, and you never go to the same place twice. You hike in a large loop that connects back wherever you began. Hikers, like myself, can be kind of weird about the types of trails they hike. Loopers love the idea that they see everything one time, and then they move along into different types of environments on the trail. In and outs, well, it's just how it sounds. You follow the trail in, and you walk it out when it ends. And then when it ends, you just turn around and leave. I like in and outs only if I'm heading into camp at the end of a trail or if I'm headed to the top of a mountain. However, my preference is loops because I like not knowing what is coming. At least I loved loops until I had little hikers with me one time. Then, then I learned to love the in and out and loops in different ways. It happened when my kids were a little under seven years old. Charlie was probably seven and Gracie four. And every fall in those years, we would hike on Saturdays and Sundays. We would head to a state park, a nature center, or anywhere with a trail. We would go right after breakfast, or we would stop somewhere for breakfast and then hit the trails. I always would take the kids on a two or three mile loop, and I would try to go to different loops as often as possible. That is, until... Charlie and Grace had the cutest conversation when they were little in front of me. Charlie was probably, I don't know, four or five feet ahead of me, and he asked his four-year-old sister, Grace, do you like surprise hiking? Now, I was walking behind them and just let the conversation go. Grace asked, what do you mean, Charlie? What's surprise hiking? Charlie went on to explain, well, do you like it when we go places we have been before, or do you like new places? Well, she immediately answers without hesitating, and she said, I like the ones we go to all the time. I like the ones we've been to before. He said, me too. He then went on to explain, I don't like it when I don't know what is ahead of us. Now, we live in a part of Wisconsin where we enjoy hiking in the kettles. That means that every trail has a significant shift in elevation, lots of rocks and roots, all different types of nature, different environments, different ecosystems. It's nothing major like mountains, but one moment you can go up 300 feet and then go down 500 feet, down tons of rocks and roots on the trail. I walked behind them and was really curious about the conversation. More so, why didn't they like new trails all the time? We got deep into the woods and stopped for lunch. You know, We have a fun little Nightski family habit where we walk deep into the forest and we leave the trail and we set up a parachute blanket and hammocks just above a ridgeline so we can see the trail below us, but they can't see us. And up there, we eat lunch at a leisurely pace. Imagine peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, bags of pretzels, M&Ms, apple slices, Jack Johnson on the speaker hanging off of one of the hammocks. And we just sit in the forest and enjoy the fall, hoping that a leaf falls on us for good luck. And once we set up our little living room in the forest, I asked the kids, hey, which types of trails do you like the most? Ones we've been on or surprise trails? They looked at each other for reassurance for fear they'd disappoint me with their answer. And then they said, we like the ones we've been on before. I asked them why, and they each in their own way explained, well, we know what is coming. We know the hills, we know the open areas, where the bridges are and the streams and where, where we're going to eat. They liked the predictability of the trails. 
They liked the predictabilities of the hikes. They liked the markers, the things they could recognize. Now, each hike is different, but every trail is the same. If you are a little kid and you go hiking with me, well, every bridge over a stream is going to have rock-throwing breaks, leaf races from one side of the bridge to the other. Every tree in the middle of the trail means that dad's going to pretend he can't get past it because this tree's in the middle of the trail and I can't get around it. Every prairie area means we're looking for the deer and rabbit trails. Every forest means a search for acorns to find the ones that still have their caps on. And when you're little, you want to know where those things are. And you want to know when they're going to take place. I guess kids are just like us. They like predictability and traditions. They like adventure but would rather have an idea of what is going to happen. You see, when you don't have a lot of experience with something new, you want predictability as soon as possible. And that's what the kids were looking for. They're all up for an adventure, but with predictability. What they wanted was a loop trail that they had been on before, and they wanted to go in and out of it as if it was new. That way, they could have predictability and the ability to anticipate and look back upon the experience. Now, from that point on, we would only do one new trail a season. And the rest of the time, we would go to trails that they chose and had experience on so that they could plan their journey, anticipate what they were going to do, and know what was going to happen. This past fall, for instance, Charlie's 19 and Gracie's 16. 12 years later, they're the exact same. We go on the same four trails every fall. We enjoy the same traditions, eat in the same places, and we look back each time. Our macro journeys over the course of a year in our lives as adults and leaders, or even just a project, are the same way. We like knowing what is coming. We like the predictability of the environment, and we appreciate everything that we can foresee. I thought of the kids and hiking because of this week's strategy. Looking back in order to make the next journey predictable and more palatable needs to become intentional for each of us. Now, having an idea of when the times will be easy and other times challenging is important, and it only comes through process. All right, so here's what happened to me. I couldn't find a meeting I had attended on my calendar. Now, calendars are looping trails. We walk through our days and we never go back. But this request led me to have to turn my calendar into an in-and-out trail, and that is this week's strategy. As I searched with great frustration for the calendar date, my frustration was relieved as I kept seeing all of the things I had done in December, and then November, and then October, and then September, and then August. Yeah, I had to look through all of those months. And as I did, I started to mentally categorize the calendar into things that went well and other things that were challenging. My hills and valleys. It was amazing. I, of course, became so distracted that I blew about 45 minutes of my day out and actually was late for my next meeting. But what I felt when I was done was, holy moly, I did a lot this past year. And I forgot about most of it. And by the way, I never found that appointment. You are a leader, a teacher, an administrator, a salesperson, a nurse, a doctor, whatever. You go through your year like it's a looping trail one January to the next January, and I want you to turn it into an in and out. I tried this the past few weeks, and as a result, I developed a process for you to use with those you serve, regardless of your role. Whether you are in a classroom, a building, an office, a hospital, whatever, I want you to facilitate a gallery walk of what we did this past year. Seriously, how much have you forgotten? 
This process reminds me of when you get the end-of-the-year edition of Time magazine and you thought that many of the events happened years ago. And well, geez, it turns out it just happened this past July. So here is the process. Everyone comes with their calendar, which for like 93.75% of the world is on our laptop or phone. And the few holdouts with paper calendars, well, they'll love this even more. You set the room up so that around the room, which is large enough to house all of your team and lots of wall space, you put up large butcher paper, like post-it size ones, and you draw a line down the middle. The left side of the paper has a smiling face and the right side is a flexing arm, something that represents strength. And here are the five steps. First, you have everyone review their calendar, looking back month by month, and you are looking for two things each month. You, each person has posted pads in front of them. Now, first thing they're looking for is what is something that went well this month? And then the second thing is what is something that was difficult? Each person puts at least one answer for each prompt on a posted pad, and then they go up and they put that on the corresponding month. This is going to take a little bit of time. But play some good music, have some treats and beverages, and make it worth it. Because what happens is this recognition that we've done some pretty amazing things, had powerful events challenge us, and we've overcome other things that are now points of pride. Your job as a leader is to walk this gallery of wisdom and experiences while having everyone else do the same thing. Why? Well, no one ever looks back over what they've done. Life is a looping trail, January to January, and we all want what my kids wanted. We want to get used to the adventure so that it is predictable and enjoyable. Your job, once all of the accomplishments are up on the wall, is twofold. First, facilitate a review with your team so they can go over everyone else's responses. You will see personal and professional disclosures of success and challenge. People who don't share a lot will share things that were difficult that they overcame. Others, celebrations we did not know they had. Colleagues who are caring for their parents. Colleagues who were riddled with anxiety about the pandemic now looking back proudly that they got through it and all the different and wide variety of things that will occur. The second thing that you do as the leader and the most important thing is to capture what it is that can be anticipated for next year. <laughs> yeah, when you look back on your looping trail, what ends up happening is you find all of the benchmarks and all of the frustrations so that when you come upon challenges, you can actually fix it in advance. You know what to bring, the right gear, the right tools, the right materials. If there is a theme of common frustration from the fall, well, now you capture that and you anticipate it. You put in place a process, and you eliminate that frustration for next year's loopers. Also, when there is a theme of things that everyone really enjoyed, you've got to make certain that it happens again. I did this three times in the last two weeks, all with different groups, and I kept hearing the same types of things. Actually, here, here are some examples from the plus deltas at the end of the meetings. One, I never do this, and I need to do it more often. Two, I had never thought to look back at my calendar as a way to build courage for other hard things I need to do. This gave me that courage. Three, when I do this with staff, I'm going to have them do it for the quarters of the school year to speed it up, but still experience it. Do whatever it takes. What meets the conditions of your environment for success? Set it up and make it happen. Hey, as leaders, we have an obligation to make people review the entire journey. 
to have them do that, turn the looping nature of a journey, start to finish, and make it an in and out, a review of the entire journey where you walk back along the same route and see what you've done well and what was challenging. Try this on your own, just this evening, this afternoon, this morning, whenever, and then use the process or another to get those around you to review what they've overcome, what they've experienced, how they've led. People have charged into more storms than they realize. Now, help them see how strong they actually are. So let's do some smart thinking. List the teams, classes, and groups that you could support with the think back process. Describe your moments over the course of the last year. And finally, list the hurdles you faced and how you overcame them. That's it. That's the Smart Thinking Podcast. As always, thank you for listening and please rate and share this episode on your platform. Help me help more leaders by rating this episode and sharing it. Also, and as always, thank you to the Well Pennies for their great music. We are closing out on an amazing school year where people charged into their storms in all different ways. Think back to a year ago. I mean, really, last year. A great sense of hope. The summer of 2021 was wonderful. And then, huge spikes in COVID cases in fall and winter. Masking battles. People mad because we had lost tolerance for all different types of things and each other. And yet, here we are, living, thriving, and leading. People forget parts of the journey. They remember them when we repeat the same frustrations for or with them. Eliminate the repeated cycles of difficulty by proactively giving voice to those you serve. Find ways to celebrate what they feel is important. Think of this with empathy. Imagine if you were 11 years old and heading to middle school next year. All the weight that comes with that transition. Now, think about being asked to review your fifth grade year all the ways you thrived this past year, all the things you overcame and reviewed all the struggles and successes in the context of, hey, you did it. Hey, we did it. Imagine being 11 and hearing from those around you that the next looping trail, sixth grade, is going to be very similar and you already know what to do. You just need to be reminded. You want to know how to get a kid or a colleague to grow in their perseverance? Show them how often they charged into storms and survived. Have them reflect upon the difficulties they faced and failed and how they are thriving. Leaders, we are obligated to create the conditions so that others thrive. This week, get to it. Create a looping trail that is familiar and walk it back in reverse to ensure that everyone understands how amazing they actually are. Life moves forward. But stopping to look back and review how we got here? Well, that is called leadership. And it is also what gives us the strength each time it begins to rain so that we see the storm and we charge. There you go, tapping at my window. There you go, rattling my heart. Far away. Bye.
up with some inner song. Close your eyes, I'll dream away with you. Lullabies, humming right along. When you feel the lonely, when the stars are dim, I will love you to the Need a little sunshine. Need a little sunshine.